Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I am your host, Lindsay, and if you don't know me, I am a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I am here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, my main goal is to talk about violence in queer relationships. However, if you are not queer, I want you to feel absolutely welcome and safe in my space. So please don't feel like you have to click away just because you're not queer. Uh, Today, I am going to talk to you about trying to leave in this kind of relationship, what it looked like for me, what were some of the things that I experienced in the push and pull of trying to leave, and then when I finally did leave, what it looked like when my ex received that narcissistic injury. So if you've ever been in an abusive relationship, if you've ever been in a trauma bond, if you have ever been emotionally abused, which obviously these things are all pretty well intertwined, or you've ever seen anyone trying to get out of this kind of relationship, you've seen, for example, my content on TikTok and Instagram, um, you'll see that there are a lot of people who will comment things like, just leave you know, you're the one who like, you're just staying there. You're just doing this. You're tolerating this. This is your fault. It's a lot of victim blaming and people who don't understand how hard it is to leave someone who is abusive. Um, and the studies show at least the last that I heard that it does take on average seven times to actually leave. Some people probably do leave on the first or second try. Some people, it probably takes many, many more times to actually get away. And there are a lot of reasons for this. Um, It makes perfect sense when you really think about it that, you know, a lot of people are being physically prevented from leaving. People are being controlled financially, um, psychologically. People are being, um, you know, manipulated and gaslighted and, A lot of people feel like they don't have anywhere to go. There are all kinds of reasons why people need so many attempts to get out of these kinds of relationships. I am going to kind of go through a list of several tactics that my abuser used to keep me from leaving the relationship and just kind of talk about what that felt like and looked like. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about, again, like I said, the narcissistic injury and what it looks like when someone receives that. Because I will tell you, it is not like anything I have ever seen before. Before I get into this, I want to just give a blanket trigger warning for this episode because I am going to talk about some physical abuse, but obviously you probably know that because this podcast is about overcoming abuse. 
The first thing that I experienced, which happened many, many, many times, was that I would, you know, we would be in an argument and I would grab my things and I would say, I'm leaving. And, you know, my son would already be in the car. Lucky um, for me, um, we never had physical arguments when my son was around, but quite often he would either be he would be separated from me and I would be trying to get to him. And like, for example, like I said, he would be in the car, the car would be running in the driveway and I would be getting ready to step outside and my ex would tackle me. They would tackle me. They would hold me down to prevent me from leaving. They would, um, at one point they shut my leg in the door because I had like made it a little bit out of the house. You know, half of my body was out of the house and they, they shut my leg in the door and I ended up having a massive bruise across my thigh from having their full body weight, you know, shutting the door on me to prevent me from leaving. And this is something that happens quite often because obviously, I mean, you're not going to leave if you are physically being prevented from from leaving. And I know um, that my ex also has um, this tendency to sort of trap people. Um, They had trapped an ex-partner like in the bathroom, took their keys, took their phone, took everything and just like left them in the bathroom and would not let them leave. So this is a very common tactic. It's very scary. It can be painful. Like I said, you can receive actual physical injuries um, from this kind of um, physical prevention. Um, Sorry about that. And obviously it's also very um, psychologically destructive to be trapped to be feeling like you are trapped somewhere physically can't leave even though you're in distress um and it does make you less likely to leave because if you're standing there thinking well if I try to leave they're gonna lock me up they're gonna take my keys they're gonna shut me in this space they're gonna tackle me um and especially if you do have kids around and you are afraid that they'll do it despite having a child around who can see it, you're not going to leave. You're just going to say, well, I would like to leave. I'm triggered. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to go see if I can stay somewhere else, but I don't want to be tackled. I don't want to be physically harmed. And I am one of the luckier ones because that tackling can also lead to much more, um, like we don't compare abuse. We don't like, there's no Like, oh, you could have had it worse. We don't talk like that. But the tackling can often lead to worse um, physical violence. So you're quite often physically tormented into not leaving. You're conditioned to not leave because there's a physical and emotional, mental consequence that comes with trying to leave these kinds of relationships. Another super common tactic was uh, crocodile tears. My ex never cried. My ex never cried. Not in arguments, not in real life. Like nothing really ever came up where they were just like, hey, I'm going to cry this one out. Um, Versus me, like, you know, I would cry like periodically when I was feeling things that needed to come out. Um, So what would happen is if I was, you know, if I sat down and I was talking to them and I was saying, hey... I'm going to start looking at options for me and my son because, you know, I don't think we can keep doing this anymore. They would cry. 
um, anything, whatever came up that, you know, they would see that I was trying to find a way to get out of this relationship, out of this situation. They would cry and they would say, but I can't live without your son. They wouldn't say me. They would say my son. They would use my son as a way to guilt me. And then I would see them crying. And then all of a sudden I've forgotten that I'm trying to leave. I have forgotten that I'm unhappy that my son and I aren't being treated as well as we deserve to be. I have forgotten because now I'm feeling pity. I'm feeling guilt. I'm feeling, you know, sorry for this person who I was about to do harm to by leaving them. How could I do that? Why would I do that? That's so cruel. They're crying over my child. They, they love him so much. Why would I take him away from them? And then, of course, you know, the next day, they're back to treating us both like they could take us or leave us. And, you know, it took me several times of experiencing these crocodile tears for me to realize that they weren't real. Why is someone only crying when their partner is about to leave? Why is someone only expressing their emotions when their partner is about to leave? But any other time, like I said, they're displaying that they could live absolutely fine without either one of us. But then when they're, when they're actually possibly losing us, all of a sudden they can't function. Other times they would hit me with the gaslighting. You know, you come to your partner and you sit down and you say something like, hey, you know, things aren't going well. We're still dealing with the same problems we were dealing with a year or two years ago. I feel like there's not growth happening here. You know, I think I'm going to have to figure something else out. And they hit you with, but we've been doing so well lately. I've been trying so hard. I've been going to therapy. We've been going to therapy. We're not getting in our cycle as much as we used to. We're not doing X, Y, Z as much as we used to. We're not having explosive arguments as much as we used to. You are just, you are unable to recognize that because you're always thinking negatively. You're just seeing things poorly. You should be more optimistic like me. I'm very optimistic about this relationship and I don't see it the way you do. Um, Whatever that gaslighting might look like and then you're sitting there you know, you came to this conversation prepared to try to leave for the fifth time. And then now you're questioning yourself and you're saying, well, are they right? Am I exaggerating? Am I just dramatic? Am I too needy? Am I too emotional? Am I just convincing myself that it's bad because, oh, I self-sabotage and I'm sabotaging whatever's good because I can't, I'm not used to having good relationships, whatever it might be, whatever it might be that you're then questioning. And then once again, you don't leave because you've literally just been gaslit into thinking that you're wrong. You're the one who's off here and they're happy. And of course it looks like they are happy because you're the one that's emotional. You're the one that's struggling and they're just living their life. And they're like, why do you want so much? I'm happy. I'm just going through life. Why can't you be like me? Another thing that would happen, which I didn't realize at the time was a tactic, was actually letting me go. So I would leave and I would say things like, you know, I'm done. And maybe I would even pack a small bag and I would go somewhere. And my, obviously my partner at the time wouldn't contact me. They would give me space. And while, yes, this is a good thing and this is healthy in a normal relationship where like you might just need some space and hopefully both people have 
communicated that, hey, we're going to take a minute. I'm going to go sit by the beach for an hour or whatever. I'm going to come back and we're going to try this again. That's healthy. That's good. So right now you might be thinking, oh, that sounds cool. Like you needed to get out of the house. You, um, you know, packed a bag and went somewhere for a little bit. And then you came back and everything was fine. But really what they would do at times like this was just essentially reverse Hoover, which is like, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything. They're going to wonder why I'm not arguing back or telling them to come home or showing any kind of feelings. And it's going to get to them. They're going to get in their head. They're going to be like, oh, my God, I have to go back home because we have to finish this argument. Like, they're not saying anything to me. Where are they? Are they fine? Are they okay? I don't know. I can't see them because I'm sitting in my car somewhere. I better go back. I better go back and make sure, like, it it really, like, you're trying to leave this person and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Why aren't they, why aren't they saying anything? And then you go back home or they knew that I would have to come back because I didn't pack, I don't know, I didn't pack enough clothes or I didn't get the dogs or I didn't whatever. So they're sitting there, you know, in this house that we live in together, have a lease together and they're going, okay, cool, whatever. I don't care. I know you're going to come back anyway. Um, And then you come back because they're right. At this point, you haven't come up with any other, um, viable options for a place to stay and a way to get out of your current living situation and also sorry about the dogs following me around the house um i'm sure you can hear their little claw prints on the floor um but also like you aren't really fully ready to leave yet a lot of times you know when we're trying to leave we don't have a plan yet and we're leaving in the spur of a moment because you're being gaslit, you're being manipulated, you feel crazy, and you know, you try to leave without having an actual plan, which sometimes that's how you have to go. Sometimes that's actually what happens when you're leaving. And I think next week I will come in and talk about my like all of the parts that had to come into play for me leaving and what it looked like and the steps that I took and all the things because a lot of people do ask me, so I want to kind of spell that one out more clearly for people but you know a lot of times you don't have that plan in place and you're just leaving in the spur of the moment argument type situation um and you end up coming back because you weren't ready and in order to get out of these kinds of relationships you really have to be ready you have to get to that moment where you accept them for who they are that doesn't mean you stay with them you accept what's going on you accept what you are experiencing as truth you stop questioning it and you decide fully that you don't want to live this way anymore you don't want your kids to live this way anymore you don't want to continue not having friends and family because of this relationship and you actually do leave so what happens when you actually do leave? When they actually realize that you are on your way out and they are losing their control over you and they receive that narcissistic injury? I kind of feel like this could be a whole episode and maybe I will come back later and like hash it out a little bit more deeply. Um, but this is part of the trying to leave situation. And again, it can look different. Some people won't be like this, especially if they discard you or like do the forced discard thing where like you leave them but they were making you leave them um if you don't know what i mean by that um look look it up um or i can talk about it more later but essentially this is what it looked like when i actually packed my bags and left and stopped answering my phone and um you know stopped coming back when they were threatening to do xyz i stopped responding to their hoovering attempts and things like that, they panic. They panic. And 
um, they start to like tantrum. They'll call you, just nonstop call you. Basically, the roles are reversed because while you were in it, you were probably the anxious one calling them when they weren't coming home and picking up their phone and you didn't know if they were at the bar or where they were, or if they got in a car accident, if they were safe. You were constantly reaching out to them, panicking, like, where are you? Are you okay? Are you coming home? Now it has flipped. They're calling you. They're texting you. They're trying to get you to respond to them in whatever way that, it, that, that you might respond. Um, they're showing up at your house. So my ex would just show up at my house. One morning, they were waiting outside for me to let the dogs out. They walked right in the door as soon as I let the dogs out. They knew what time I would wake up. They knew that I would have to let the dogs out, and they walked right in. They would text me, you know, how's your day? How's it going? Oh, you're working from home. Oh, are you hungry? I bet you're hungry. I bet you're not taking care of yourself. Can I bring you some food? No. Okay, well, I'm here. Can you let me in? That kind of thing. And then, you know, would come in, and I did let them in, um, I think I will probably do a whole podcast on, um, like, I'm going to call it like no man's land, which was like that week where I was no longer with them and I wasn't staying with them, but they were still coming around and I let them still come around. And I knew that I had to leave the state. I had to get far, far away for this kind of behavior and them to stop happening. Um, but they would come in and they would target my child and they would try to get my child to go with them to get a donut. They would try to like, they knew that if they could get to my child, they could get to me. So that kind of behavior just went on and on and on. And they would come in and they would act all calm. Like they just wanted to be like, you know, let's just try to be friends for now. Let's just try. Um, and then they would argue with me. They would get into these long philosophical arguments and talk about, you know, like, oh, I thought if we broke up that it would be amicable, amicable. And now all of a sudden you're taking the dog and you're taking the kid and you're doing this and you're doing that. And like, you know, making it look like I was the one who was causing all these problems and I was being dramatic and I was being hard on them. And basically I was like the mom from Mrs. Doubtfire, like, Hey, I don't like you anymore. So I'm going to punish you and ruin your life and do all this stuff. And I'm like, um, I'm just trying to get away from this situation. Like, you know, Um, but they would even say, like, I would ask, you know, why did you break into my house? Why do you think that that's okay? Why are you acting like this? I'm panicking. I'm panicking. And they would say, I'm panicking. And you can see, like I said earlier, this person who behaves fairly like my ex, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's different, but my ex operated on like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like low power mode, low power mode not displaying a lot of emotions, just going through life, going through the motions, um, not very expressive, just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, they're feeling all the emotions. They're sad. They're hurt. They're scared. They're panicking. And it is really something, and I would not repeat, I never want to see this again, but it is really something to see an abuser go into narcissistic injury panic mode it's scary. It can be very dangerous. I've heard, again, I talk about Lee Hammock all the time. I've heard him talk about that, you know, it can be very dangerous. And if that person has ever been physical with you, make sure you are safe because if they do get that narcissistic injury and they're panicking that you're leaving them, they can do scary things. They can do very dangerous things to try to get you back when they're losing that control over you. Y'all, I hope you enjoy this, uh, dog claw ASMR because my dog, my dog is like 14 years old and she literally just follows me like everywhere I go. And when I record my podcast, I do tend to pace around the house. So you're welcome for the 
fun ASMR moment there. Super distracted me from what I was saying, but I think that that's fine. It's a good time for me to go ahead and wrap up this episode because I got to go pick up my little kiddo from school. So yes, that is all for today, friends. I hope that you enjoyed this episode or learned something from it. Um, If you like this episode, please, or this podcast, I guess in general, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this content to the people who need it. Um, it, Obviously, it can be very isolating, especially if you are in a queer relationship because people just don't talk about it. They don't take it seriously. So every little rate, review, subscribe thing you can do does help get that to, like I said, the people who need it. If you want more content from me, these dogs, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Lindsay Goodman, or you can visit my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. Next week, like I said, I will probably come back and talk about, um, the no man's land experience of that in-between time of being broken up and going no contact and kind of what that was like. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind and talk about something else. Either way, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you and I will be back next week with more.